What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. Jack, what's good? Cooler, my brother. I'm hurting because, you know, I'm back on that court a little bit, uh, kind of wounded, but, you know, ready to get back get back to work, man, and get this thing going. Got a dope show what's today. Your, what's your game looking like these days? Oh, uh, still him. H-I-M, capital. Still him? Yeah, still him. But, but how, do you, how, does him, how does him feel after him's done? Him don't feel like, I don't feel nothing but broken <laughs> bones and bruises. Hey, I, I, I can't lie to you, Matt. When I get back, the first thing I have to do is sit in the tub and I got to lay down because I'll be so hurting that I can't even eat. <laughs> no way. Hey, well, thankfully, man, our next guest is one of the young guns, young bright stars in the NBA over there in Memphis. Part of the mm-hmm. Grizzly family, man. Welcome to the show, Jaron Jackson Jr. How are you today? I'm good. I'm I'm just happy to be here. This is the legendary show. Um, it's always on my TV. Uh, the homies and I. I mean, we. I'm I'm happy for y'all on how far y'all yeah. came with this because I mean, man, this is, this is it now. Like you you, this is it now. Appreciate now y'all get it, to bro. watch. Now, now y'all get to watch your episode though. That's just gonna be dope. That's, <laughs> it, 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 I, man, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. Born in Plainfield, New Jersey. You moved around a few times. Talk about your upbringing. Yeah, born in Plainfield. Uh, was there for hot second. Um, I mainly lived. I lived in Virginia, Maryland. Really came up in Indiana, though. Like basketball wise, mm-hmm. that's really what made me. You know, uh, I bet y'all know good coaching out there. Like good high mm-hmm. schools. Like you know, people moving the ball. Uh, that's just kind of where I really 
found myself basketball-wise. Before I was really playing, I'll play with some dudes who go to Villanova now, Brandon Slater, Justin Moore. We were really good coming up. But, uh, I mean, really finding that groove and thinking that I could do it. And, and for the rest of my life, I found that in Indiana. So I, that was really where I found it. And I, I transferred. I was going to a school in Indiana called Park Tutor, and I transferred to a, another school, a prep school called La Lamere, and I played with Jordan Poole. Brian Bowen, uh, Tiger Campbell, who's, I mean, playing now in college. So yeah, I was doing it. with them Bruins. Yeah. How was, uh, how was Jordan uh, Poole in prep school? Because he's a killer now. He's starting to find his groove. Yeah, that's my roommate. Uh, okay. That's my dog. Like, uh, I mean, at first I remember we used to just, like, go at each other. Like, we, we would talk so much trash to each other in practice. And it's boarding school, so we went right back to the dorm, and we would just sit there sometimes early on, and we wouldn't say nothing to each other. I just we just be thinking about how we're gonna kill each other next time, whatever. We up. we talked the whole time, and like we love bringing that out of each other, um, because because at the end of the day, like he worked so hard, I just know how he was always gonna be this special. I always knew that, and I mean he he instilled that in me a little bit. Like, we would always go to the gym. He'd always wake me up early to go to the gym. That's, that's one thing about him, though. I ain't never liked that what time he went. <laughs> like, that was, that was like, you know, like, what are we doing? Up, like, up, up early, huh? Yeah, like, I love it. But, like, we could, I could totally just do this later. Like, I was planning on doing this later. We could have totally done this yeah. later. But, I mean, he was trying to get up early. That's my dog, though. Like, man. Talk, talk about Indiana. I was, um, I played there around the Peyton Manning time. And just to just to go touch on what you said, Indiana had Peyton Manning at the top at the top of his career, and they still was behind the paces in, in, in the Indiana Hoosiers. Like basketball is everything in Indiana, man. So I so I know what you're talking about. But growing up, was there any other sports you was interested in? And how did you find the game of basketball? Yeah, I mean, my mama hated football for me. She didn't want all that. She didn't, you know, mama scared. So I was swimming, actually, early on. I was swimming and I was good. But then we started to train outside the water, which was like, I didn't love it. I clearly ain't love it to do all that. So I was like, you know, maybe, like, I was always hooping. Like, I always hoop. Like, even if I'm hooping for fun or for, for real, like, I'm always hooping. So I'm like, you know, I organically, I just fell in love with it. And my, you know, obviously, like, my dad plays. So you would think, like, you know, he going to push me into it, whatever. And mm -hmm. he's definitely happy it all worked out that we love the same game, but he never pushed me into it. Like, if I didn't want to do it, he would have just, he would have been cool with whatever. Like, he he just wanted me to have that love of my own. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I had, I, the love, I didn't even find in Indiana. I had it. I just had it the whole time and didn't know it. Like, I just didn't know it. And then in Indiana, I just kind of learned, like, the discipline of it all. Like, the discipline, the work, the, like, the real, when it's not fun per se, you know, like the other things. So I just, being in Indiana and like, you know, you got the Hoosiers down there. So the Hoosiers, all the fans go to the Pacer games. So that's why it gets loud. Like they're still mm -hmm. loud. I was going to Pacer games, watching Danny Granger. I was watching PG. Back when PG was like a real four, like a real four five. And D, Dan Granger was hooping. And George Hill and Lance, like I would go all those games. Um, and... I mean, it was always rocking. You get the Purdue fans. I was recruited by IU, Purdue, Butler, Xavier, Michigan, Michigan State. And so, yeah, like Midwest. I was a real Midwest dude at that point. So, I mean, Indiana bred me. 
Yeah, you come, coming from two parents that's tied into the game. Your pops played, uh, won a championship, of course, with the San Antonio Spurs, and is still coaching this day in the G League. Uh, you was born the year your dad won the ring. Talk, do you do you remember anything from that time, and and what kind of uh, game did your dad instill in you? You know, from firsthand from being an NBA player and being an NBA champion. Yeah. Well, uh, nah, don't remember nothing. I was crawling around in the little, uh, family room, in the little in the whatever room, and I was born the same year he won the ring. So then, the next couple years after that, like the Spurs was the team that really, I mean, had his back for real. Like you know, had him for like four years. And then you want to ring with that team. And then you was there, like, right right after your point guard was your point guard was Tony Parker, and then his was Avery. So, mm-hmm. like, yep. right, right around that time. And, uh, I mean, I was born, I know you was born in H Town. So, I mean, that ain't far. Right, I, yeah, H Town, you sure right. Yeah, but I was, I was in Santon. I remember, shoot, you could cook eggs outside. It's hot, <laughs> Spanish, little things like that. Like, but I mean, I was, that was a nice little, for my family, like, you know, you always remember that from my family. And, I mean, that's always a special place. My mom loved living there, too. So, San Antonio. I mean, both your parents are in the game. Uh, your mom, Terry, is the uh, the director of the uh, WMBPA and has done a lot of amazing things uh, across the league, uh, like negotiating higher salaries, protesting fines, really having the backs of the women in the WNBA. So does that, you know, how in tuned are you to what she's doing and, and and the growing support of the WNBA? It's crazy. I used to I used to watch my mom like we used to have this, we used to have a pretty big house, not gonna lie. Like Chief really did it. Thank God for Chief and <laughs> like that's my dog. So but my mom used to hide in the workout room and film these videos of what she wanted to accomplish, she would say, like, you know, I want to... It was always pro-women. Like, I, we always... When we didn't make fun of her around the house, we'd be like, man, you you love women. But, like, she literally would do, you know, whatever for, for women. Like, she's always in that mode. So I've seen her work at AAU, UDC, and she all... And where, where she's at now is kind of exactly what she used to say on those videos, like, exactly what she wanted to do. So she's she's just... She's really doing, and I'm I'm proud of how far she's come. She's... I mean, she ain't hoop. By no means, she ain't hoop. And she got a free throw shot. That's it. So just like <laughs> see how in tune she is with women in sports just because of the human aspect of it. Like, she gets that real well. Um, right. I'm just, that's like a real big part of our family, too. And she's the reason why we moved to Indiana. Funny enough, mm-hmm. we didn't even move for hoops. We moved because she was working for the NCAA. So that's really why it happened. And we were like, cool, like, we know you're grinding. And we didn't even question it. We are like, all right, we can get out of here. Even though, who knows if we wanted to leave or not. It ended up working out for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Um, obviously, both your parents connected to basketball so much. What kind of fans are they within their crowd? Are they quiet? Are they yelling? Do they embarrass you? What kind of, what kind of fans are your parents? Yeah, well, <laughs> as I get older, I'm realizing, like, back then, I'm like, dang, y'all wilding. But, you love that now. Like, I love that now. They're screaming. Like, my mom's screaming. My mom got a high voice, so <laughs> it's very, like, you know, piercing. And she likes to clap, like, with her hand, like, perfectly on her other hand. So it's it's loud. Like, everything's real loud. And my dad's just, you know, having fun. His voice is loud, too. So he don't even—he might not even know he's loud. 
But I mean, <laughs> they just get real active and they still do that now. Like, it's funny. Like, I know where they sit at, our, at my games now. Um, and you can, I can hear it. Like, I can hear little things. My mom says butter when I make a free throw still to this day. Screams <laughs> it. And she'll yell nice out, up. like, come on, 13. Like, da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, but I, but I you hear know, you. You know, like, you know your mom's voice, though. You can hear it through the whole stadium. Mm-hmm. I think I used to say yeah. calm down maybe once when I was growing up. And I think after a point, I was just like, you know what? There clearly, is, there's just no stopping this. So, you know what? You got it. Like, go ham. Like, I love it. Embrace it. There mm-hmm. you go. You and I both shared a McDonald's All-American experience. You know, for me, it was a blessing. Uh, talk about... Um, how do you felt about being chosen and being one of the best players in the country in high school and also uh, being able to rub shoulders with some of the elite? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was never, even going into that summer, it's like your last summer before everything. So it's like, you know, it's your last summer to prove everything, your AAU, your circuit, you're trying to go ham. I was probably ranked like 80th and... I didn't, like, trust me, I, I don't know if I ever set a bar for myself this whole time. I think I was just in it. I just was in it. Mm-hmm. So, like, 80th, we started playing. I was playing on Speeds and Nike Circuit. I hopped to 30th. At the end, I was eight. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm probably going to make it. So I made it um, with my teammate, Brian Bowen. So we both made it together, which was dope. Like, it was crazy. And, I mean, getting picked for that, Jordan, Hoop Summit, that was like a dream, like, Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel it at the time because, like, you you don't you you never really thought maybe, but when it realized and I realized all the names I'm associated with, even just nominees when the nominees came out, it's just crazy to think like you made it out of that. Um, but it's a long day at McDonald's. People who know the McDonald's, man, know I'm like, that, is, man. that is a long day. It is not. It ain't man. like you there and you you don't want to complain because. You there. You don't want to complain because then you're just going to feel bad. Like, you look in the mirror, you're like, why am I complaining about this? But, man, you go in there, you sign 10,000 basketballs. Hey, for me, man, hey, I, I, I know what you, I know how you felt because for me, they could have took everything out except going to the hospital. I think I enjoy going to the hospital and talking to the kids at the, at the McDonald's Children's Hospital. That's, I think that's the only part I enjoy besides playing. All the other stuff in the middle, they could have canceled that. Yeah, because it was a human thing. Other stuff was press and smiling and photo op and go here, do this. And and honestly, even practice was weak. I don't even know what we were doing. I think we did a layup drill. I was, it was funny. We, we were, uh, like you watch the other team practice, you're on different court. We're the, we're the West or something. I don't even remember what we were. I was a Trey Young, <laughs> Trey Young and Michael Porter. We're looking over at the other team. They scrimmaging the whole time. We're looking at our coach yeah. like, man, can we scrimmage? This man is having us doing full court layup drills. And then at the very end, Trey missed the layup, just like, just missed it. And we had like 19 trying to get to 20, made us do it again. We're like, man, we ain't even scrimmaging. Like, what, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, where everyone's trying to be, everyone's prima donna now. Everyone's prima donna coming out because everybody nice. So it's, it's it was funny. I think we kind of laughed at that later because, I mean, we've seen each other play since like we were 12. And now it's all of us here again. And then at the draft, we could look back at it too. We were laughing about that then. But it, it, I was crazy, man. McDonald's was who, lit. Who were some had, of the we, other guys? Uh, not to cut you off, Jack. You uh, ahead, you man. mentioned Trey Young and Michael Porter Jr. So who were some of the other guys in that game? Yeah, Mo Bamba. Um, DeAndre Ayton was in that game. Wendell Carter was in that game. A lot of bigs in that game. Um, Trey was like the guard. Trayvon Duvall was in that game. 
Uh, shoot. Pretty sure Billy Preston, Jared Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know if Billy was in that. Billy was always good though. But I bigs. mean, it, yeah, like it was, it was, I mean, for sure. And I mean, Marvin Bagley would have been in it, but you know, transferred whatever he did to get to the, whatever he did. He just wasn't in the game. Like some people just mm-hmm. don't be in the game, but it would have just been all big dudes for real. And it was funny. We ended up winning too, which was hype. Like I, I'm so glad we won. Yeah, I got I got a quick COVID story about McDonald's game. You talk about how a team, two teams, y'all y- y- in scrimmage. Well, it's foot. I got footage that I put on my Instagram. Was going through uh, shooter run, just a walkthrough, and Rip Hamilton guard Kobe, and uh, it was just a walkthrough. Kobe get the ball and drive, <laughs> drive mid down the lane and dunk it hard, like we playing full speed. So instantly after that, coach like, uh, we just walked over with Kobe. Was like, no, let's get after, let's get after. So we ended up playing four quarters. Bro, full practice because the Kobe wanted to go hard, bro. So I know what you're talking about because the other team was just chilling. Yeah, for real. I'm glad you and I'm glad y'all like had Kobe on here. Like, you know what I mean? I'm glad y'all got to do that too. That's the side note. I had nothing to do with nothing, but yeah, that I'm was glad a blessing. Got to be on here. That's, yeah, that's so dope for real. Had to. College recruitment process. Was your parents pushing you to go to Georgetown? What other teams reached out? No, they weren't pushing me. Uh, you know, maybe my dad hoped, but at that point, so many schools had reached out and he realized that it was gonna be, I was gonna have a lot of options that I mean, you just gotta make the right decision. Um a lot of pretty much everybody in the big term reached out, Kansas reached out, um, North Carolina. And then my final five was Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State, Georgetown, and Maryland. That was my mm-hmm. final five. Um yeah, and I shoot. I I know how it was like getting all those calls. Everyone's buttering you up. I mean, to keep it real, like schools was lying. There were schools that were lying for sure. Mm-hmm. They just were lying. <laughs> like I, I'm glad I'm here now, able to say that like that because I've never really been able to say that because I usually just say something else like thank you. But people were lying. They were saying, you know, you're gonna get the ball every time. You're gonna do this. You're gonna have the keys to this. Here's this. You're gonna have anything you want. And I'm like. Like, I hate it when schools lie because I'm like, man, y'all would probably get me if y'all just said less. Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably more into y'all than y'all know. And y'all damn the bullshit. Yeah, y'all ruining it for me. Y'all just, but then Michigan State, they damn near pissed me off. They would call me after games and tell me I played horrible. Like, what am mm-hmm. I doing? Like, get mm-hmm. on me. And then like, I remember at first I was like, man, the hell? And then like, I sat down, and I thought about it. I'm like, man, it's probably something to this. Like, it's probably something. Um, it's probably something to this. Like, why are they doing this? They know that everybody wants me to go there. Like, why are they doing this? And they would end up telling me, like, man, we just want you to be good. Period. Like, we don't care where you go. We don't care at all. Like, none of that. They would never promise me anything. Izzo's like, man, you gonna have to work for real. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. So, let's do it. Like, I was like, I I took it as a challenge, which it was for sure. It was an adjustment mm-hmm. early, but it was like. Is what I wanted and what I needed for sure. Like it just it worked so well. Like it was like a perfect fit for me. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six man of the year. 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So, so you chose Izzo because he kept it funky with you? Yeah, he kept it real. And he a real, like, that's OG right there. Like, he really, like, mm-hmm. he cares, like, so deeply about like the game and how players develop and how they go on to live their lives and just how how much you give compete like you know he I remember I remember I, I got to I got to the program we had practice and he was like right all right we're gonna gonna run here and go get the ball like run full court and catch a corner three. I ran full court he said yo what is that I said what do you mean like he's like is that your run? I'm like <laughs> I'm like bruh I ran and he's like yo Kyle, he, talk, he said, Kyle Arns, show him how to run. This man, Kyle, ran like, like it was the last time he ever going to run. I'm thinking, like, I got to run to get the three. So I'm thinking I'm going to run and get in rhythm. That's not what he wanted. Sprint. He wanted me to run full speed, stop on a dime, and take mm-hmm. this three. But, like, the point of it, like, I get, he get with that it was hard. But the point of it is, like, he knew it was hard. Like, he knew early on it was going to be difficult. But at the end of the day, like, 
it pays off later. Like may not even be paying off for that exact drill, but like the mentality, you build the yeah. mentality enough for yeah. everything else you're doing. And like, I don't know. People don't, people be missing that. People be missing that. Yeah. Hey, hey Matt. It's like at the next level. What up? Matt, I, I got a quick story. I don't think you know Tom Izzo, uh, why he a GOAT. Um, I was doing First Things First, and right after the show, he called Chris Carter on FaceTime. And uh, all he was saying was how much he loved our show. Tom and Coach, Coach Tom oh, really? Izzo. So shout, yeah, so shout out Coach Tom Izzo. This was yeah. uh, maybe last year, um, I think around last year when I was doing First Things First. And he FaceTimed Chris Carter just to tell on me the that, spot. He, he, yeah, that he fuck with our show. So that's dope. That's dope. No, I mean, we had Draymond on the podcast. You remember, outside of arguing with Izzo, he said, I mean, he had nothing, but I, I have never heard anything bad about Coach Izzo. So mm -hmm. it's, it's never nice will either. I'm telling you, it's, it's so real. What some of the, obviously, he's teaching you, like you said, it wasn't about the shot. It, it, it was just about instilling principles that you hustle while you're on the basketball court. And it, it, it's always going to add to the bigger picture. But what is the best advice you recall him giving to you? Best advice. Shoot the J. Shoot it. Shoot that thing. Shoot the J. Probably. Shoot it. I mean, first, probably it was to leave school. He really made me. <laughs> hey, yeah. there you go. That's what's really funny because there was rumors. I remember, I love rumors. Like, they're so off because there was rumors I remember of they say that it was trying to keep me in school. I'm like, how does that, how does that even work? How, how would y'all know that? And he's like, pushing me out the door. He's literally, I, remember, I, walked, I walked in his office after we we're done, like everything's over. And I actually signed up for like the, the, the summer trips and like the weird stuff in college, like the weird stuff. I signed up for it for the next year and people were asking me if I'm staying. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm staying. Next year about to be crazy. Da, da, da. I go in there, I'm like, all right. So he's just like, so what are we talking about here? Like, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm he's like, what are you gonna stay for? I'm like, I don't know, because I like school. He's like, that's that's a horrible reason. And then and then he was like, he was like, he ended up telling, he told Draymond I was thinking of. He drove me to class and he was like, like he put his hand on my shoulder as if like it's the last time you finna see me. I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'm not thinking that. And then he told Draymond, and Draymond called me and cussed me out. Is there that's how Michigan State be like everybody on each other? Like, we don't care. Generation, generation, there's no gap. Like, everybody knows everybody very well. So Draymond calls me. I don't even know Draymond like that. Like, we're not that cool yet. Like, we're cool, <laughs> but we're not that cool yet. So he's calling me, not even introducing himself. He's just calling me and saying, what the fuck is you doing? I'm like, who is this? He's like, no, this is. And I'm like, oh, it's Draymond. All right, what's up, bro? Like, I know how you be. He's like, why are you going to stay? There's no reason. How high you want to go? How high you want to go? One, you want to go one, huh? How high? Like, what's the point of all this? Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, dang, it ain't like, I haven't even thought about it all yet. Like, man, I could have let, like, who knows? And then I sat down and really looked at it. And then my dad finally decided to talk to me about it because he was waiting to give me space. And he was like, yeah, mm. it's probably shaping out that way. You know what? You know what's funny about that is, is I was about to ask you about Miles Bridges next, but I particularly remember since you brought Draymond up, Draymond was having conversations with Miles and his parents while we were on uh, getting ready. We were, I think we we're in the Western Conference Finals. We might have been in the finals, all sitting right next to him. And he was really going back and forth with 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 Miles and his parents about staying, not staying. I think Miles wanted to come out. I'm not sure if his parents didn't want him or some shit like that. But it was funny you said that because he was on the phone with Miles too. And obviously you guys uh, 
played together. Thoughts on his, uh, man, arguably could be most improved player uh, this year in the NBA. What kind of relationship do you guys have? And, and, and are you surprised at the leap he's made? I don't know. I'm not surprised. Um, kind of like the same thing with Jay Poole. He just worked so hard. He, you, there's like levels. Mm-hmm. Like you work too hard. I know eventually something's going to sink for you. Eventually you're going to work double as hard as someone else like you're going against. And it just adds up enough. So, I mean, I just seen how he works. I know his mentality. He don't, he don't give a damn about anybody in front of him. He, he going at you and he going to laugh about it. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. this is joy. Like, it's pure joy. It's coming from a real place. So I know, like, if you have that, I have more confidence in, like, anything you're going to do in the future. So, I mean, plus he's my roommate, too. That's my dog. Like, we working out together. We worked out in the summer right before the draft. Uh, well, we were still in Michigan before we, we, we left, and I went to L.A., so I knew what he was on. And, um, I mean, just to see the leaps, yeah, we worked out with Chris Johnson this summer. So, and, and Yeah, shout out to Chris. That's the homie. Yeah, Chris is elite. He, yeah, he, wor- he works out by twins. <clears throat> mm. I, was, I was never shocked at how, when he was going to grow. I think I was shocked on how he adapted so well to probably shooting, just because that was probably the only thing that, like, people said, like, you know, I don't know, he's super athletic and drive, all that. But now, I mean, you really got to put a hand up. Like, he can shoot. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'm just happy for him. You know, whatever, whatever they do. I mean, Charlotte's on a five-game winning streak right now as we speak right now. And I know him and Melo have, like, a crazy connection right now. They're really doing it, so they got it. Mm-hmm. You declare for the draft in 2018. You get drafted number four by the Grizzlies. Talk about that experience. Yeah, draft process. Uh, only did three workouts. Ironically, none of them for the Grizzlies. It was Atlanta... Dallas and Phoenix because I was going for the number one pick and I actually wanted to funny thing I actually asked Phoenix to do like a group workout for the number one pick which honestly was pretty weird no one does that like they everyone everyone said no but <laughs> no one wanted to do it but it was okay like I still worked out for them um and yeah like at the time we had a whole different front office a whole different team in the Grizzlies uh you know, agency process angle you in different ways. And I didn't really know much about any of the places. I was just happy to go anywhere. When I knew I was going one through five or one through 10, I was like, you know, I'm going to just make sure I'm ready for whatever comes. And mm-hmm. I pretty much knew draft morning where I was going. You never know, but like you knew. Like your agent, my agent told me, Austin Brown, the GOAT. And he, we're at the draft table and everyone thought I was going to Atlanta. <laughs> so everyone's looking at me for Atlanta. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. I'm trying to tell people like, no. Nah. And then they think I'm mad. Like as soon as it happens, I'm like, no, nah, I knew. And they try to put the camera on me for my like uh, explosive reaction or whatever. I'm like, nah, bro, it's cool. <laughs> and then uh, I went to Memphis and immediately, I mean, I just felt different. Like as soon as my name was called, I just felt different. Partly because you go right to the media circuit and it's like you're getting asked questions like you was on the team for your whole life. What do you want to bring to the city? How does the city treating you? I'm like, bro, I ain't get there. But like, <laughs> but like, I'm just, I was immersed. You're immersed in the community. Like, as soon as you get there, everybody's so excited to see you. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's like they ain't, they don't, I mean, Matt know too, like, they just more, how to say on your ass, but like they on everybody yeah. ass. Like if you come for the team, they on you, but they mm-hmm. on your ass too. 
So it's mm-hmm. like, it's both. And it's like real. Like, you know it's real. You know yeah. it ain't nothing. Like, it's not a bunch of people just going to the game not knowing what's going on. No, they love, I mean, because it's really all they got out there. You know what I mean? So I was obviously a competitor with the Clippers and we battled them in the playoffs for a few years. But then once I went there, it was like, they love you. They embrace you. And I wasn't even the number fourth pick. You know what I mean? You're you're a lottery pick. So I can only imagine the love um, that they showed you when you arrived. Because it's, it's, it's really uh, a real basketball town. Like, they really care about their Grizzlies. <laughs> it was a lot of love. I went to a baseball game first off, threw a pitch, like, no sleep, like, coming straight from the draft. Like, had, a had like, a bunch of my people at the draft night before really not sleeping at all. Like, it was crazy. And uh, flew right there, met everybody. We're a vet team, though. Heavy vet team. We're not like we are now. Heavy who was vet. still there? Who, who, who was there when you were drafted? Uh, I started with Marshawn Brooks, Sheldon Mack. Dylan Brooks was probably the youngest. And Mike Conley, Mark, okay. Jermichael Green. Um... Omri, Omri Caspi, Garrett Temple was on our team, Kyle Anderson. Yeah. Uh, okay. The age was the, like, the the whatever age was high. So I'm like, I'm, it's funny. Oh, Wayne Selden, my brother. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> I was rook for real. Like, it was it was funny in the locker room. Like, it's, it's funny to see how our locker room has changed, but. I mean, I really had OGs. Like, I really had OGs who been on, had a lot of different experiences, knew a lot of people in the league. And I was, I remember I would say stuff, and they'd be like, you have no idea. Oh, I had Chandler. I had Chandler. You had Chandler on here. I had yeah, Chandler. I was gonna, that was, I was really gonna, my yeah. guy. I was going to yeah. ask, because I think I left the year before. I, I, I went, yeah, I was there the year before. And then Chandler came the year I left. So that's what I was going to ask. I think Chandler was on that team, too. I was a good rook, too. They know it, too. I was good. Like, what I learned about the rook duties is, like, the only way you get hard rook duties is if you don't do the easy ones. So I was always, like, yeah. the towels, the showers, look, like, the food for the plane. Like, everything I was on point with. Like, I never missed, ever. And they treat you right. That's what they done. Like, they going to give you something. Oh, on they the tip you, yeah. They, they give, give you your per diem. Give you our per diem. Yeah, we would have had you on blunt runs, alcohol runs. What else, Jack? Rubbers, <laughs> rubbers all that. But you didn't use those. That's why I said we, we wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no, but like I, I literally had 2 a.m. you ready, 1 a.m. you're ready. You just got to be ready. Like if you just yeah, are consistent whenever. with it, they leave you alone. But I remember Chandler, yeah. Chandler, funny thing about Chandler, Chandler had me, he was like, all right, hey, Rook, can you get my bag uh, like off the plane? Like get the bag, his bag, and bring it home and then bring it to the gym the next day. And I'm like, this is so odd. This is like the oh, oddest just so, one. Just so he can get right to his car, he didn't have to wait for the bags. Yeah, I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. I, I just didn't care. So I did it. Right. I bring his bag home. I bring his bag in my crib. And I'm like, dang, this bag is huge, but it's so light. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what's, I, I don't even feel like being that dude, but what's in this bag, bro? So I'm just like, bro, all right, I'm opening your bag. I open the bag because this joint don't make sense. And there's just one pair of jeans in there. It's just, a huge bag and just a <laughs> pair of jeans in there. I'm like, that boy don't right. change, huh? I'm like, dude, what? The, what? I'm just so confused now. I just, I just bring it to him. I just bring it next day, and I never say anything about it. I didn't never tell him, but I'm just like, bro. And he's like, good, Ruck. I'm like, yeah. You know damn well there's just some jeans in here. This is the most random thing. Like, what is the bruh, point of this? Like, fuck you got this big ass bag for, bro. <clears throat> what, what was your welcome to NBA moment? We all got one. 
Just that moment, just that moment when you like, damn, I'm really here. I'm in the league. I'm here. I'm in the building. I feel like mine was the first preseason game because we played the Rockets and we were playing Chris Paul and James Harden. Oh, and yeah. I, play, I mean, at the time, I played a lot of 2K. So 2K was getting really good. <laughs> 2K's getting really good. Like, I know the, the rituals, the, the, the intros. And we're going through, like, warm-ups. I'm, I'm coming off the bench and I see, like, the little – the Chris Paul where he jumps on, hits the pad. James Harden hits the pad, does like this. I'm like, wow, this is like exactly like two. I'm like, this is exactly like 2K. It's my first game playing somewhere. Chris Paul gets attacked in like the first th- three minutes of the game for no oh, reason. he's talking shit to the rest. Yeah, It's the first CK. preseason game of the year. I'm like, all right. So then I get out there and they re- literally run the same play 10 times in a row and just get me on a switch and ISO me and take 100 dribbles back and forth and just do a step back. And then, or they just try to drive by me. And, like, I wasn't getting baked, but they hit some. And then, like, I remember one time James got me and just was staring in my eyes, like, staring at me and, like, laughing as he's doing this dribble. Because he knows I'm, this is the first time I'm out here. And I'm, like, about to barbecue your ass. I'm, That's like, why. man. And he stepped back. And I remember I tried to contest. I kind of stepped under him. And he fell. And they're, like, hey. Like, they were freaking out, like, on the Rockets bench. Like, he stepped under him. And then Chris Paul's like, hey, man, like, don't even... Like, he told the bench to calm down because I don't even know. He knows I don't know what's <laughs> going on right now. Like, he knows I have no idea. I didn't even know what they were mad about. I was like, what's up? Like, the dude just hit me with eight moves, combos, and stepped back. Like, I don't know what y'all... What do y'all want? Expect, y'all want me to right. not contest? Like, y'all, I don't even... But he... That was, that was probably a moment. Um, Playing against Bron that season was crazy. I just remember for it was the first time for everything. So like it's, it's Has anyone did did, any, did anyone dunk on you that season? You get dunked on by anybody? Rookie, I'll be for He's a shot, he's a shot blocker. I'll be that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like, that's why no. He be going up and contesting. That's why I'm saying it's, it's only, you know, it's a matter of time. You're gonna block enough, but you're gonna get dunked on too. Yeah, probably. It's probably someone I can't. I don't. I don't remember them. It's hard for me to remember them, and I ain't even bullshit because I really would say because I really, I really, because I do block a lot. So it, it it is gonna happen, but when it happens, it just like I just be I'll be forgetting. It ain't. It can't be. Oh, I mean, I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah, you might as well share now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Belicia, Belicia ducked on. Yeah, see, it's the ones you wouldn't expect. It's no, not it the, the high flowers, yeah. In Sacramento, I banged on him. The first half, I went left, banged on him, talking crazy. My bench, I'm talking crazy. And then in the fourth quarter, gotcha. he comes down the lane and gives me, and the whole crowd remembers, and they're going crazy. And then I, I got <laughs> subbed out right then. I'm like, Coach, God, that's the oh, worst. Oh. It was an and one, so I'm like, Ooh, oh, and you got subbed out? I got subbed out for like uh, eight, that's the that's worst. nine minutes. That's, that's I got subbed worst. out so long that they put me in to like be on the ball at the end of the game. Like I got subbed out for a minute that game randomly. Like <laughs> I was like, man, like, damn. But yeah, to wear that shit. That, I remember. I think that's why I remember that one. That one was weird. March 29th, 2019, you're shut down for the remainder of the season. Um... What is that like for you? You're in the league now and you're shut down. How was that mentally for you? Understanding that, you know, damn, this is a part of the game. Yeah. The worst well, funny the enough, game. I had I had literally just gotten hurt and I was coming back from injury and I was a game away. <laughs> so it, it was the next game I was about to play. 
And I'm like, really? Like, all right. So then we shut down. And I mean, at first I didn't know what to think because I didn't think it would be a long time. But when I realized like what, what was really going on around the world, I was like, man, it kind of just made me grateful for everything. Definitely gra- for everything. Like, grateful for playing the game, playing competitively around people. Like, like obviously, I'm, I ain't going to lie. I was, I was going to the gym always. Like, I found a way to get to the gym. But even then, like, it's different. You just mm-hmm. different. You're not around. Like, even the people, the coaches, like, the video dudes, like, people training you, like, anything. Like, the relationship there is it's just not there. And you ju- you're just getting better on your game, waiting for that time to show it again. It's kind of like you're in a cocoon or something. But, I mean, it, it was just more, it was just more like, you're kind of everybody's on the same playing field for some reason. Like it's hard to say, but like everybody's in the same boat. You know what everybody's probably thinking around the whole world because everybody's just sitting there waiting. Everybody's just kind of making do. Everybody's just kind of, um, you know, it's less about basketball <laughs> for once. Like it's always about basketball, but it's finally life. less yeah. about basketball, and that's weird. Like yeah. it's usually all about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's life. Uh, the following season. The end of the year in December, you dropped a career-high 43 with nine threes, tying the franchise record with Mike Miller. What was that night like? Uh, hoop was big. Hoop was real big. Like, I I don't know what – I didn't do anything special before the game. I think it was a regular game. I knew I was playing Giannis, so I was hype, and people were, you know, excited about that matchup of me finally getting a taste of that. And – I just realized that they, I mean, for a while, like my shot form, like it would just not have people contest and stuff like that. I could get away with a lot. So I knew I could shoot and I had the confidence to shoot and they weren't playing up on me at first. So my first four, when I hit my first four in the quarter, I was kind of like, all right, I just like, no matter what, I'm going to take probably five or six more just because I deserve it now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I felt comfortable like doing it. So my team, my teammates were finding me. I hit one. One time I remember I played the whole court. I was so gassed. Coach was running a play for me to get it at the elbow, and I was so gassed. I kind of just, like, ran to the ball, like, at the top of the key, just said, give me the ball, and, like, cleared everybody out and took, like, a 40-footer off the glass. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I, I don't even know what's going on. Like, I like I hit seven. I probably hit seven in a quarter in the third and then ended up hitting nine for the game. But the third quarter was the third quarter was unreal. Like, I didn't know what was going on. And I had a layup in that. I had a couple layups in that quarter where they finally closed out on me and I drove. I was like, wow, I'm gassed. But this is a dream right here. This is crazy. Get whatever you want. Uh, 2020, uh, you, you guys go to the bubble. What do you remember about that? I mean, whether it be playing or just in that environment, uh, what sticks out to you the most about that time? Uh, I'm an only child, so pretty much like growing up again, just being by yourself and hooping and coming back like a long tournament. And it was like we was an AAU team, roommates, going to each other's room every day, hanging out, playing video games, listening to music, like all the... I just remember everything being so open. There's just no one there. You can do whatever you want. And then you just go and play these games. Um, I got hurt there too, which sucked. Mm. I got hurt Tore there too. Man. That's what really... Tore your I, meniscus? Yeah, that was, like, my first real getting hurt experience, like, surgery. Um, And I remember I got hurt there. 
my boy Justice Winslow got hurt there. So we were pretty much hanging out with each other until we had to leave the bubble. And I mean, that was kind of a blur. I ain't gonna lie. Up until that point, it was a blur. But that experience was, I think we were just so excited to play again that we weren't as mad about it. But then again, you're away from your friends and your family. It kind of gets to you a little. And I mean, people wanted to leave for sure. <laughs> people wanted to leave, man. I keep it 100 air. Like people wanted to get out. But it's yeah. like, it's testing you. you know, Basketball is all we know. What are you going to do? Leave and do what? Like yeah. not hoop. Yeah. Uh, you guys get your first taste of the playoffs in 2021, um, although losing to the Jazz in 4-1. What did that teach you personally, and what did that teach your young team about what this what this playoff like is like? Yeah, I mean, there's no fouls in the playoffs. You can you can off ball, maim somebody. You can punch somebody in the face, cutting. Shit, no way. Somebody out so crazy. Ribs, the lower rib area is open season. You can set a crazy screen and and like you can get away with a lot, which they knew and was funny. Like my first cut in game one, I remember I were running a like we got the tip, and I was supposed to just it was a bluff cut. Like I wasn't even part of the play really. I cut Royce O'Neal checks me going through, like checks me like harder than we have all year. We played them four times. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Playoffs. Yeah. Okay, okay, Welcome okay. To the playoffs. I see where we're on. And then, uh, I mean, moving the ball is just so important. That's what you really learn playing against the Jazz. Like moving the ball, every possession matters. It, like no one's crashing. Everyone's getting back. There's just slow half-court basketball. Like it's like chess. You're just playing chess. Everybody knows everybody real well. Every tendency is known. So it's just about mismatches and knowing everything about your opponent. That's when, like, um, I started. I, I mean, we I had nothing else to do but play the jazz. So, like, what I kind of thought of was, like, man, I got nothing else to do but play this team, and this is what we worked for the whole time. I cut everybody off. Like, no one could get to me. No one could talk to me. Like, no friend, no nothing. Like, you couldn't talk to me. Um... For the most part, I mean, and then I was just, I ended up looking at weird stuff about the Jazz, like where the players were from. And I ended up looking at a little interviews that they had just to kind of, I didn't know when I would use that info, if I would or at all. But like, I just wanted to get a feel for more who they were. Just to, just to, just cause I had nothing else to do but study the Jazz. So I'm just like, man, all right, I might as well. Like I'm on my computer. I'll just be like, all right, I look up. Donovan talking about this or I know Donovan from New York like maybe I say something about New York to him one day in the game just throw him off <laughs> maybe just fuck? make him miss he'll miss two more shots I don't know he might miss two more shots man those and it's Donovan so it's like you know he's gonna take a bunch if he misses two and that's what helps us win I don't know but we only won one game so <laughs> we only won one so I mean, you see how that went. They're a great team. They definitely taught us a lot. But I mean, we I'm glad we got there, got that experience. What do you know about the grit and grind era? What I really know is, I mean, it's self-explanatory, but at the same time, it's really mental. That's what you really don't see much. Like obviously everybody's physical, you grinding, diving on the floor, but those things are are given. Like that's what you should do. You should dive on the floor. You should, you should do all these things for your teammate. Like you, I hope you do, because then because they're going to do it for you. But, like, the mental side, like, being locked in every game, being locked in, ready to play every game is tough. Like, you really got to be on it. 
Um, and that's like the what people don't see, the preparation, um, the pedigree that comes from him. I mean, you had T.A. T.A. is still, T.A. was always around. Mike, Tayshawn works for our team. So, I mean, everybody looms around. Zach still goes to all the games. You still had that, that love, that family aspect kind of. And they pass it down, but at the same time, they just, they shared a lot of their stories. They shared, and you can see on how they play, um, how connected they were. Just, it comes from the crowd too. I mean, everybody around here embodies that, like all the time. So it's, it's something real special. Like I can't even explain it. And we still kind of had that. It don't, it don't, mm-hmm. it don't go nowhere. Like it really don't. It don't. It isn't. You guys roster. are just a newer version of, the, of that. Yeah, we're next gen. They allowed us to be next gen because they want us to have our own thing. But green grind is never gone, and it'll never go away. It's just that's just what we are at the end of the day. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Explain, Ja. In one word. Um, electrifying. Box office. <laughs> Box office electrifying. Him, bro. For real. Really him. And I I always say this. I always say this about Jocks. I love saying this. But I get be- I get better seats than all y'all to see this because I'm mm. right there seeing this. And most of the time, we don't even really know what we're seeing until we back up and really think about we're seeing some crazy stuff right now like that'll go down in history and yeah like he'll probably have a lot of people's highlights of their career in a game (laughs) it's really funny like he gets some loud buckets like he'll 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 have 30 and you'll be like that's about right i probably thought he had 50 
the way he was what he was doing. And then when he has 50, it's like, man, what kind of but I mean, you see it, man. You see it now. <laughs> right. He 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 a laid back dude. I didn't sing him out. Do y'all um hang out off the court any? Yeah. That's my brother. I mean, we we kick it, we have a lot in common. Uh we gelled really quick, like when he got here, because we just realized we had a lot in common. And we knew how also we also knew how important it was for us to be on the same page. So yeah. it kind of gave us a little extra motivation to just kind of gel and get to know each other because we knew there was a chance, like, a, a, you know, a higher chance we'd be around each other a lot if all goes well. And if we do know each other, it probably would go better. But, I mean, now it's just organic. I mean, we just, we're just, we synced up in a lot of ways. Um, you're right, he's chill. He's very humble, very laid back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change. Like, that's one thing, that's one thing everybody knows about 12. He don't change for nobody. Like, the situation, whatever's going on, like, he's going to be him. And he looks out for his family, his family. He looks out for his friends. He looks out for his teammates. He really cares about other people. Like, I mean, all the time he puts on for me, all the time he, he'd be saying I'm defensive player of the year. He'd be saying I'm an all-star. He'll always say Dez. Like, I mean, he says it for everybody. Like, he makes sure he puts on everybody. And, um, I mean, I just that's just how he's built. That's how he's raised, raised from good mm-hmm. people. So that's what you, that's what you get, man. That's, that's 12. A real dude. Real dude. What's this what's this craziest highlight to you so far? Craziest highlight to me. The probably the the little the 50 point game where he had a dunk. He dunked off two from outside the paint and then after caught a full court pass and shot it over the backboard at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. That or or like on some real shit, like the game winner against Phoenix was unreal. Cause that's like that's real bucket. Like he he faked the handoff, turned the corner, and hung in the air for like eight seconds and shot it. He went left, but shot it with his right hand off the wrong leg, off the glass. Like that's so like to to hit that at that time. Like I kind of knew he was gonna shoot that because that's what he likes, but Everyone else don't know. So to them, it's like, wow, that's a ridiculous shot. But it's also a shot he works on and a shot he likes. It's a, it, I mean, there's so many though, man. Like, I've not forgot about them, man. I got to like look at his highlights and see like, Jesus. Like one time we looked, I was on the plane and he was just looking at his highlights. And I was just looking over his shoulder at it. And he was like, usually when we look at each other's shoulder at iPads, we're usually watching the film of the game. We'll talk about it. He's like, hey, bro. Uh, you good. This is just my mix. I'm like, bro, I know. I'm about to watch this, bro. This is fire. This is like, this is, I'm telling you, like, you're you're doing it. And I just watched mm-hmm. it. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, damn, 12, do you see this right now? I'm, I'm not sure you're seeing this. And I like, well, Greg, right, I would right. like hit his iPad, hit his hand out the way and rewind it. I'd be like, bro, look at this, bro. Do you see this, bro? And obviously he's laughing, but I'm like, man, you need to know, man. You're clapping your hands on layups. Like, this not normal. Like, a lot of this stuff ain't normal. So, no. you got I that swag, K- man. K- KD said it best. He has a lot of great players. Like, all the, he's a lot of great players all wrapped in one. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's different. You guys are coming down the home stretch, heading into the playoffs. What's the environment like around your team right now? I mean, you guys got a taste of the playoffs. Now you guys have moved yourself up to the two seed in the Western Conference. What's the vibe and energy like around the team right now? We're super focused. We're thankful that we're the two seed. 
we don't take it for granted, but like we're really we're we're reflecting a little bit. Like, man, good job. Like, like I'm glad we're in this comfortable position because last year we were fighting for playing, and every game was mm-hmm. not stressful, but you just were thinking about it a lot. And now we're just kind of thinking about putting ourselves in the best position, but knowing that we're most likely going to be in there. Um, and then we're we're also knowing how much we got to lock in and understand this is new for us. Like having a target on your back is new. Having People look at you. No one's gonna. You're not surprising anybody. No one's happy for you. You know. You're not. You're not happy for a one or two seed. You're not. You don't care. You're just trying to knock them off. So, I mean, just us knowing that, us locking in every game, trying to be there for each other because it's new to all of us. So we're trying to, right? Like I'm trying to make sure my dog over here is good, so he can make sure someone else is good, so everybody can lean on each other because you don't want to feel like. You know, you just don't want to feel like you're lost out there in, in a new space. So, and just making sure you're locked in. Like, if we're not in the plan, then we get a week off. Just making sure we keep that focus and keep our energy. And practice is important. You know how the league goes. League practice, we ain't even practicing that much. So, the practices we have now, we actually practice pretty hard today. They're important. Like, every practice is important. We're learning every rep is important just to get our chemistry up. Guys in and out of the lineup. That's what it is. Um you're one of these new stretch fours that can shoot threes and get to the basket, finish, do it all, but you're also someone who leads across a majority of the defensive categories all season. Where did that defensive mindset, um, or when did that defensive mindset click in and really know when when did you make that a part of your game? Yeah, I always had it. Um, it's just guards got better, you know, uh, when I was really young, like you could, I would just let a guard go to the rim so I could block it because guards only knew one hand side layups, like one hand to use. They had no gain, no flair. And then as we got older, they started getting some some tricky shit. They, you know, and then I had to get better on my end and kind of. And but what helps for me is like I work on a lot of the things guards work on, so I start to remember how I would want to shoot a shot against me. Like I start to think about that when a guard's driving. I'm like, all right, if a guard's driving, I know he's not coming all the way. I know he's about to shoot this floater. So I'm about to jump even earlier. So I jump even earlier, and then I know he's about to ball fake, so I'm just not biting yet and then try to jump and time it right. And it's a whole game. It's like a chess match, and I think I really picked it up this year, like being able to play against Gobert in the playoffs last year as a five more really kind of gave me a test on how to be like an anchor and you got to talk. It's a lot of talk. It's direction. Mm-hmm. You're, you can see everybody. You're just trying to give instructions. And at the end of the day, like, your gifts are cool, but, like, you shouldn't just think about blocking the shot because then it takes you out of everything else. The block is, like, the last piece. Like, if you block it, cool, but you're supposed to make it tough on everybody. You're supposed to make it hard. These are great players. So, I mean, if you're in the league, you're nice. <laughs> you're going to make some shots. You just got to make it hard. And if I block it, cool, but you know, I'm growing all the time. I grew year to year. Like, my arms is growing. So, that also helps. Can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier your teammate has been very outspoken as far as he thinks you should be defensive player of the year. Uh, do you think you're defensive player of the year? Of course I do. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. 100%. I think... Um, state your case right now. If, if, if For the world, the world's about to hear this. State your case to why you think you're defensive player of the year. Yeah. I mean, first off, always back yourself, period. If you don't get that, you don't get it. Second, I mean, 
I just think the the things I have to do besides blocking shots are what separates me from people who be blocking shots. Like I have to, my responsibility isn't just that. It just so happens that I'm very good at that. But I'm able to switch on the guards, contain. I'm able to um, just be a presence other than blocking a shot to change a shot. Um, my timing, I think, is just better on trying to time. The type of blocks I'm getting are on ball. It's not just a guard shooting a layup and not knowing I'm there. I'll block a shot in the half court on ball and just figure it out myself while guarding a dude who's shifty and all that type of thing, um, as well as what my responsibilities are on offense and what I've had to do offensively this year. I mean, it's just been picked up, especially, I mean, there was a time when Ja was out for a little bit and everybody had to pick up their stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, that just puts a lot of stress. Sometimes when you have more offensive duties, your defense can slack off and you kind of, you might not be there mentally for that you might just think it's about scoring for a second but I know ne that never happened to me if anything my defense just picked up and I was just able to to do more I was just more active um you know and all the analytics and all that stuff that's cool but that's for everybody else you know that's not my job at right. the end of the day that's cool to hear and see I'm just out there to do whatever I can to win and we've won games I think I've what I've done has impacted has impacted winning so that's another difference than like previous years when we weren't really winning as many games we we're still in games and doing what we got to do but now we're a two seed and no one thought we were going to be that so all right okay they might take that in consideration we'll have to see wishing you the I best hope, of man. luck yeah, yeah wishing you the best of luck on that <laughs> you just dropped the album suddenly debut album when did you start doing music and what got you well i mean of course we all know music and, and sports go hand in hand but when did you Officially say, you know what, I'm dropping, I'm dropping music during the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, freestyle rap, man, I've always been doing that since I was younger. Me and my friends always just rap in the crib. That's just easy. And at Michigan State, me and Jay Poole really did it as roommates. And then at Michigan State, me and Miles did it every day. Like we would rap every day. We come home and practice, put on a beat in the kitchen. We make some food and just rap. Like we just rap, rap. And eventually you do it enough, stuff starts to sound a little fire. And you're like, okay, damn, all right. And then I think uh when we would be on the plane rides, like uh I think around the time I was I was hurt or maybe before that, I would just sometimes write a verse. And I would not even have a beat or anything, just write a verse randomly for fun. Probably be pretty trash, but whatever. Probably be some. And then I remember just one day just deciding to go to the studio and we were on the road. I was in New York and I was like, you know, let me try it. And going to the studio, it's funny. Like when you go to the studio, it's a lot different than just rapping. Like you can stop, you can pause, you can say a line. You can, and you realize it's more about creation and just more about um, sound, like a bunch of stuff. And uh, I just was into that. Like I was just, I always listen to music. I listen to so much music that I, I, you know, it goes hand in hand. You're playing stuff in the locker room. You're playing stuff when you wake up, go to bed, you shower, anything. Like, you have different stuff. So I was just like, man, if my favorite artist ain't going to drop, I'm going to just make it. And I just was like, I'm, I'm going to start making it. And then I ended up getting it in my house. So I got still upstairs. And my homies come through. And they like, my homies who do music professionally, like, they come through and they, they'll make their albums up there with their producers. And, um... They'll go ham. Like they'll go crazy. And then when I go in there, I usually just did it as therapy. Like 
we'd just be kicking it. And if I felt something, I just wanted to say something, I just get in there. And then you eventually figure out how to record and it's a process, but now it takes probably like 30 minutes to make a song just off the top of your head, whatever you're feeling. And, and those are the songs that came out. So eventually, like, I was like, man, I always made songs for my homies. Never thought I was really gonna, I just didn't think of it like that. And then dudes are just like, man, you should put it out. I'm like, all right, well, I was never really that into it. A year went by and then I'm like, you know what? All right, maybe. And then I just ended up doing it randomly. Like the concept for suddenly and the concept for it all, like came a week before. I was just like, you know, I think I'm gonna put it out over break. <laughs> We're just in the crib talking. Like, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm gonna put it out. And then we just picked the songs. They're already done. We already listened to them all the time. We just picked the ones we liked and put them on there. And it's funny, like I wanted to pick suddenly, like suddenly the name was important to me because I usually will write a bunch of stuff down if I'm like, if I'm coming home after a game and I can't sleep, I'll write down like something how I'm feeling right now. I'll just write. And one time I wrote down like, suddenly, like you always have to be ready because suddenly the opportunity is going to come and you don't want to have to prepare to get ready. You're always ready. Suddenly it'll happen. Like suddenly a door will open. That's really what it comes from. And I saw that written down. I'm just like, I want to call it suddenly. Also for dudes like you who ain't hear it, I don't want you to like hear some whack name and be like, man, I'm not about to play this. <laughs> or like some goofy, like at first, like everyone call you, call you like a unicorn. And I was like, oh, I'm going to name it Dark. I was going to name it Dark Twisted Unicorn and put the unicorn as the Kanye thing. But I'm like, man, that won't age. Like I'm going to have to walk into rooms and be like, yeah, you rap bet. What's the name of it? Dark Twisted Unicorn. And be like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, you made I'll the right choice. Yeah. So like suddenly, like you don't even know what suddenly means to the point where you gotta listen to it just to just to figure it out. This a vibe, 17 minutes long. Um, I made it short because people got stuff to do. I work too. <laughs> so I get it. I wanted something I could listen to fully on a drive to work. And yeah, man, it's fire. I love it. Step five, man. I know, I know. You know what I mean? I heard your stuff before Uh-oh. we even got on here. Yeah, Uh-oh. you had a you had a freestyle on a, a French record. I saw that you had the vid too, using the ah uh, oh man, you had the scene, the classic little scene where you know the people people wake up out of the bed like like I'm rapping, but I'm I was asleep. Like man, I was. I, I had number t- <laughs> I, I, I had number time in Milwaukee. I wasn't playing. I wasn't trying to set. Foot on that court, I was ready to get traded. So in the meantime, between time, take these bars. Man. Yeah, take these bars. Fire. Who, who's the best unknown rapper in the NBA to you? Well, you heard Miles, right? You heard mm-hmm. Miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, that he's known. He's he's elite. Uh, I'll say. Hmm. Brandon Ingram's Brandon Ingram's pretty good. Um, he's pretty good. I have a song with Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does not want me to put it out. <laughs> I only, I only, I only respect athletes that actually drop their music. Like I was dropping two, three mixtapes a seasons and and doing mm-hmm. shows. So what's the point and, of doing and, and selling dope on the side? You know what I'm saying? Whatever else it took, Matt. You know what I'm saying to get a record sold. <laughs> Hey, but uh, but uh, nah, I I respect athletes that put their music out, man, because that means not it's not only a hobby, but you believe in your music. You know, a lot of people try to put us in the box just because our contracts are outrageous and our money's guaranteed. They tell you 
uh, just play basketball, stick to basketball, but rappers can act, you know, and, and everybody else can do everything, but they try to put us in the box. So I always salute athletes that get behind their music and stand up and and and, uh, and put it out. So I salute you for that, bro. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a deep concept. Why, though, like, uh, I mean, people my age don't really get this. So, I mean, this is a good lesson for people my age, but, like, when you when you're when you're in passing, like if you're in hospice, like people who are in hospice, people are going to pass. Like the biggest thing they think of is regret. Like that's what kills them. That's what people say. Like regret kills you. Like you'll mm-hmm. die, but regret kills you. And you don't want to sit there and like everything you do should be about that moment. Like when you look back, like that I you like did that. it here, you did this, you did this. Right. I'm like, man, this joint, I'm in the crib, like, man, this joint, we Drop this joint. Like, I don't really like at the end of the day, man. We got everybody got here and then I put it out and it was fine. And everybody liked mm-hmm. it. It was fun. That's what's cool. up. So uh we know you're a big anime fan. What's anime fandom like in the NBA? People don't really be <laughs> people people don't really be tapped into anime. It's like an acquired taste, or you gotta have it before. And I get Honestly, anime really just teaches you lessons if you really pay attention. Behind all the flash and like all the like Japanese, like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that'll throw you off, right? If you're not really looking at it. But like, it teaches you lessons. Like, it's a message in all of it. I got an eight year old, so I watch it. Yeah, it's pretty like, it's a lot of like goofy shit, but like, there's a lot of stuff that like, when you, when you watch long enough, you'll be like, damn, like these people are going through it. And it kind of mm-hmm. makes you look at your own stuff like, you know, maybe I am going through it, but one, I'm not going through it like this. And like, there's a show, uh, Attack on Titan. Very good. Probably one of the best ones on Hulu. And mm-hmm. like, it's about humanity. Like how, it's like how we, let's say we're living in humanity and there's these giants around that at any point could just wipe us all out. So we have to protect ourselves from these giants. And that's what life is about, protecting ourselves with these giants while living day to day. Oh, the child, the child wife is out, and at the end of the day, like, I mean, y- you look at people losing like their 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 family, their cousins, their friends, their brothers. Like when you see that, yeah, it's anime. But if you have some weird problem, like if you have a problem with your girl, if you have a problem with your homie, if you got a problem with your mind, like you can fix that. You can't fix losing someone. There's things that mm-hmm. aren't fixable. Like right. so, you got to kind of. Like, a problem is only a big problem to you because it's you. Like, if you step out and really look at the whole perspective of it, bro, it ain't no problem. I and mean, it's a problem, but it shouldn't ruin your right. focus or anything like that. It definitely yeah. shouldn't fo- ruin your focus on the court. Perspective, yep. Okay, hey, you received the Community Assist Award and very important of giving back to you, young girls sports. Uh, I fell in love uh, uh, with girls sports from watching Kobe and, and his passion with his daughter. And... Uh, I was I started the first um, female high school showcase that was headlined by NBA player in Memphis, as uh, right right there in Memphis. But when did you get your love to and your and your um, what as I say your um, what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? Passion. Uh, your passion. Thank you, my brother. Your passion for uh, giving back to women's sports. Uh, I mean, definitely fueled fueled through my mom, but just overall being a good person is important. And it's just a human thing to do. You speak out for people who may have not not a problem, but you speak out for people who you who could always use a little more in terms of getting their voice out there. So I just 
viewed that as something that was close to me, important to me. I have a lot of cousins and I have a lot of girls in my life who play sports. And, you know, I know that they can be overlooked at times in ways like that. And that is definitely, we've came a long way, like for sure. Like we came a long way with that in that area. But I always want to make sure I'm making a difference for them. Um, it's just, it's just the human thing to do. It comes natural. Uh, nothing I can really put my finger on on why, but right. it's, just, it's a beautiful thing. Plus, I love being around, I love being around kids and, and just pushing the youth to new heights um, and just making sure everybody's having a, having a voice. Oh, by the way, so that Wayne thing you said about Wayne, this is off topic because, you know, that was deep and lovely. <laughs> but that Wayne thing, I have a crazy quote by Wayne I always keep with me. It's the craziest thing. It He was sitting like, because Wayne, Wayne, you know, Wayne smoke his ass off, so he just be in the clouds. He'll say the most poetic thing and then never remember it. But I would quote by Wayne, I have in my notes, and like, it's only that quote in the notes. That's how you know it's bad. He said, he said, work hard, be somebody, be something more than what you see in the mirror. Let the world be your mirror. Don't let them judge you because the mirror can't judge you. You judge what you see in the mirror. Mm, Crazy. Crazy. I heard heard that like, oh my God, this man just... I wasn't even sure what was going on, but that was it. I don't know what that shit mean, but it sounds good when you say it. That was it. Like, you really break down as elite. Wayne Wayne is a beast. All right, we have quick hitters, man. First thing to pop in your mind, let us know. Top five current... NBA rappers, in your opinion? Me. Miles Bridges. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. High five, high five. Miles Bridges. Um... Oh, Dame. Damian Lillard, Marvin Bagley. Um... Yeah. And I'll say Brandon Clark. You know? Mm. Yeah, my, my, my brother. You ain't even check his out. His stuff ain't even out yet. His stuff oh, ain't well, even out yeah, yet. Well, but yeah, just well, he know. Don't, he, he don't count. <laughs> All right, well then, then I'm, I'm going to throw... Uh, I'm going to throw... Mm. I, I like know, how you man. push yourself. Me like twice. You Me twice. I was about to say. Miles, Mo, uh, Marvin, and uh, Dame. Because Dame... I appreciate how you push Wayne. yourself first. Oh, for I, sure. I like my how stuff, you put yourself first. Style. Yeah. My stuff slides for sure. And everybody's got a lane. Like Dame is, you know, poetic. You know, he's he's rapping that real, you know, that real like he in the barbershop with it, like he in the hood with it. Like he'll play it on the boom box, like over his head type. Miles, really from Flint. If you ain't from Flint or Detroit, you don't know, then you just don't know. And then me, just a lot of swag, a lot of good sounds, a lot of feel good. You know, some girls may like it. You just got to play it. It's good. That's what you're supposed to be rapping for the women because if you rap for the women, the the guy's going to come. Exactly. And then Marvin got songs like Tory Lanez. He like a, you know, Marvin out here. So shout out Marvin, man. He was really doing it. I think he signed. He signed straight up on some that shit. Stuck on the island with three shows or movies. What you watching? Ozark. Good call. Um, Snowfall. Thank you. And, oh, uh, I'm watching any of the Batman movies. I'm watching, like, the the, the Dark Knight, the new ones, Hard, the Dark Knight, or the one with Bane. 
I'm watching one of those just to get me in that mode. Mm-hmm. Toughest matchup you've had up to this point in your career? Probably Anthony Davis. Um, in ways, oh, Steven Adams before he was on my team. <laughs> That's a strong motherfucker, ain't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole experience. It's like playing it's like playing a back to back in one game. <laughs> and uh, I'll probably say, uh, um, I mean, just I, when you play Steph, you're guarding him as a team, man. He's shooting 50 shots. Everybody going to get a few. So <laughs> that's, it's definitely a shared experience playing Steph. Five, five dinner guests, dead or alive? Mm. Um, five dinner guests. Heath Ledger. Mm. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I would say Juice World, Garris is so as well. Um, it's funny, like all the old, all old head basketball players I knew growing up from all those little legends brunches. And they used to be all funny. Like I usually like they used to grab my head and rub my forehead and grab my head a ton. Like, I used to already... <laughs> I already dealt with them. So, like... Um, mm, Kobe. Mm. For sure. Mm, Michael Jackson. And... Uh, Tanner Guess. And then maybe I want to meet somebody like weird. Like I want to put like somebody who did something, maybe like a criminal or something, some type of criminal. That last spot is some type of criminal. I need to spice it up. Ain't no way. Like we got to have something. Like what did you like? Somebody really messed up, you know? So that spot is open. I ain't got no name for that. But if you really messed up, you come in to dinner. I mean, I like you, but that's the whole <laughs> point. You know, we had dinner. Strike that conversation. Uh, if they're passing you, if you're controlling the music in the locker room before the game, what's one song you gonna play? We're playing a lot of Young Boy. Young Boy. We're playing Northside by Young Boy. We're playing some Baby. Probably gonna hear Gang Signs by Lil Baby. You'll probably hear How You Did That by Gunna. Uh, you'll probably hear Poppin' by Yeet. You guys just something about pop. You guys just something about you. Go ahead and do that when we're done. I promise you, you'll say something. But um, yeah. I said right foot creep. Yeah, you're yeah. hit. That's the dude, man. Real dude, right there. Yeah. All right, man. If you can have one guest on all the smoke, who would it be? And who would it be? But before you answer the question, you have to help us get your answer on our show. I got to help you? Yep. Uh, mm. Floyd? Floyd been on? Mm -mm. Nope. Floyd. Floyd, I think. Hey, look, Floyd. Look. Come to All the Smoke. (laughs) He's making his pitch right now. (laughs) Come to All the Smoke. You going to feel... You gonna feel cozy and you gonna you gonna not want to do it because you are gonna say some stuff you really feel. But I think it's about time you say some stuff you really feel. <laughs> right, you, you, go. it, bro. you got all the money. You got eight chains on. I saw the Cubans from the one pick. 
It was fire. Team chase. That was ridiculous. Yo, that was ridiculous. He looked like a little mini Mr. T. Damn, man. Yeah, he was shitting on everybody that night. He was bugging, but you know, like, I mean, shoot, I don't know, man. He does a lot of, like, exercises. You never know how how if it was weighing him down or anything like that. (laughs) Stupid. Them diamonds look VVS, too. Them are not SIs, so I'm proud of (laughs) him. Them are good. Jaron Jackson, man, we appreciate your time. Wish you the best of luck the remainder of the season, man, and we'll be yes, checking you out in the playoffs, man. So thank you for your time today. Appreciate you, fam. Legendary, all the smoke. Yeah, appreciate you, bro. Legendary. That's a, that's a wrap. Jaron Jackson Jr., look for him and his Memphis Grizzlies coming to the playoffs near you very soon. You can catch mm-hmm. this on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. Yeah. This is All a Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio in partnership with Showtime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare rev up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.